Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him Zechariah after his father, but his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all the neighbors, and all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here today. We are in week two of our series called Good News. And I asked you last week, what do you do when you hear really good news? You celebrate, right? And so through this series, we're looking at five songs in Scripture that celebrate the birth of Jesus. Last week, we talked about the song of Mary as she praised God for moving not just around her, but in her and through her in her life. Uh, next week, we're gonna talk about the song of the angels. On Christmas Eve, we're gonna look at the song of Simeon. And then we're gonna close out 2021 uh, looking at the song of the church and looking at the power of Jesus. But today, we're looking at the song, the prophetic praise of a guy named Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. Now each of these individuals were, were lifting up a celebration of the good news that God has come into the world. That is the good news, right? That God so loved the world that he sent his son to be among us, to take on flesh, to do for us what we couldn't do, to deal with the problem of sin and death. And this incredible gift is what we celebrate each and every Christmas. There truly is good news for you and me. So what's the problem? If the good news is so overwhelming, why is it that many of us would, in an honest moment, be able to say there's a whole lot more stress than celebration when it comes to Christmas? It's because there's a lot of stuff that is drowning out the good news. And I think so much of it could be, if we're honest, self-inflicted. Right? Think about all the stress and, and the chaos that we experience when we focus on what? We focus on expectations. Uh, for some of us, it's internal. Like, I think that I have to get all these things done or this is not going to be a good Christmas. Or we feel the external expectations of others. Like, family knows. They like, I have to be there. Or they're going to let me let down. They're going to be disappointed. They're going to be upset. Or I have to do this. And they're going to miss out. All these expectations are maybe for some of us, uh, it's more of obligation. I have to do this uh, or things are not going to be good. 
or just the, the weight of the lies that you and I buy into, that it's experiences and things that will bring the peace and the joy that we're ultimately long for. I thought about, as I was preparing for this, one of my favorite Christmas stories, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Anybody love that one? Right? And I love at the end of that story, uh, there's a truth spoken that the Grinch finally comes to grim, uh, grips with. He's come in, he's stolen all the presents, he's stolen all the food, he's stolen all the decorations, and he and Max take it back. Right? And then they're, they're waiting for the, the sound of woes and weeping to come, but what do they hear? He hears a sound of singing and rejoicing. And then he says this. The famous words of Dr. Seuss. And the Grinch with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more? I think we know that. I think the big problem for us is that we forget that. And we make the best of, of plans and we, we tell ourselves it's going to be different next year. And we do pretty good until about October. And then we start to feel those expectations and the obligations. And we begin to buy into those same old lies again. And we're experiencing a lot more stress than we are celebration. And what we find in the song of Zechariah is that it doesn't have to be that way. That there is a path of peace for us that is given, that has to be received, not achieved. And the, the question is, will we really receive that truth and that good news? Do we really believe it? So let's take a look at Zechariah's song. Chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, verse 67. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation comes from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of what? Say it with me. Peace. Now let's talk about this guy Zechariah for just a second. Zechariah was a priest of God, of Yahweh in Israel, living in Jerusalem, serving in the temple. He and his wife, Elizabeth, the text tells us, were righteous 
and they were good and they trusted and they had faith in God and yet there was a problem. The one thing that they really, really longed for, they didn't have. They didn't have any children. Now let me just pause for a second here in the story. And something that we, we know, but again, we need to remember is that bad things that happen in our life do not mean that God is upset or disappointed or punishing us. I think we know that, but sometimes we feel that, don't we? And when we ask questions like, God, why are you holding out on me? God, why are you doing this to me? God, why are you letting this happen? And we need to know that in every one of our sufferings, God is with us and walking through it alongside of us and feeling it too. And it might just be in certain moments of life that that pain is just the setup for God's power and the miracle that he's about to do. And that's what we find in Zechariah and Elizabeth's story. So Zechariah is a priest, and at that time, priests were drawn by Lot, picked by Lot, to go serve in the sanctuary of the temple to burn incense at the altar. This was an incredible honor. Uh, if it happened to you, it probably only happened once in your life, but it was also considered a very dangerous thing to do because you were coming into the holy presence of God. And that was not something that you took lightly. And so Zechariah's name is drawn. He goes in to burn incense at the altar and he's met by the angel Gabriel, the same angel that we met last week who speaks to Mary and says, Mary, you're gonna have a child. He'll be the son of the most high from the throne of David and he will reign forever. The same angel comes to Zechariah and says, you're gonna have a child and you are going to name him John and he's gonna prepare the way for the Messiah, the anointed one. Now, like a lot of us, Zechariah questions, how in the world could this be? We're, we're past that age of having children. And the angel says, you, you need to understand that this message comes from the Lord. And so that you will understand until this child is born, you will not be able to speak. So John comes out and sure enough, he's not able to speak until finally the child is born. Now, during their pregnancy, they find out the good news that her cousin Mary is also pregnant. And there's this encounter between Mary and Elizabeth. And what happens? John in the womb leaps for joy in recognition of the Messiah. And this all begins to come together, leading Zechariah to sing the song of praise that we just sang. Now, what we need to understand, I think what rises to the top for us, as the song of praise that Zechariah lifts up, this gift of understanding that God is bringing peace into the world doesn't come from anything around them. It comes from the gift that God gives. And so if we don't hear anything else, this is what I hope that we walk away with today, is that ultimate peace does not come from people, places, or things. It ultimately and only comes from the gift of God through Jesus. And are we willing to receive it? And so what would it mean for us to receive that gift? I think it means for us to follow in the footsteps of Zechariah. And what does Zechariah do? He starts off and he lifts praise. So what do we do? We come to God with praise. Come to God praising him for his power and his goodness and the gift that God has brought. Now take a look at the words of Zechariah, verse 67. His father, John's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, what? Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. 
And we come to God when we're living in chaos or pain or doubt, we come to God with praise because what does praise do? Praise puts us in a position to remember the goodness and the power of God. And my deepest moments of grief and those places where I'm unsettled and those places where I don't know what to do next, the only thing that brings me peace is coming to God in praise. That doesn't mean I feel like it. It doesn't mean I feel happy or joyful or excited about it. But it is putting me in a position to remember that God is still good and God is still God. And this is what Zechariah lays the foundation for us, that we can come to God with praise no matter what's happening. And it moves us from a place of expectation to a place of celebration. Now, let me tell you the main difference between those two. Expectation is a focus on what I think I need to do. Celebration is rejoicing in what's already been done. And this is what Zechariah does. He's not focused on, well, I need, oh my goodness, I, my, I have this special child now and I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got all this preparation to do and there's so much weight of all the expectation. No, he comes and he celebrates what's already been done. That God is already at work and God has already given a gift. How would that transform our families, our Christmas celebrations, our expectations, our, our, the things that we walk through in grief or, or the celebrations of good things? How would that transform all of that if we focused on what's already been done and less on what we think we need to do? And so Zechariah encourages us with his act that we would come to God with praise. And I think that there's some certain reasons. This isn't empty praise. But there's reasons that we can come to God with praise. And Zechariah lifts up three of those for us. And here's the first. Zechariah says we can praise God because he rescues. God is a God who comes into our world to save. Look at what Zechariah says. He has raised up a horn of salvation. This is a saving God. A horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. The gift of Jesus that comes into the world, the very presence of God with us is a gift that comes into our world, into our lives to save. And to save from what? To save from our enemies. And all of us as human beings, we have two enemies that are pursuing us every single day of our lives. The enemy of sin and the enemy of death. We all have brokenness in our lives where we hurt ourselves and we hurt our others, sometimes unintentionally, sometimes intentionally. And we all experience death. We are moving toward an earthly death and we experience all kinds of little death along the way. Death of a dream, death of a relationship, uh, death of a relation, uh, financial stability, uh, death of, of the things that we thought would be, all kinds of those. And what does God do? He sends his son Jesus to rescue and redeem us from those things. Not that all this life is going to be wonderful and, and just exactly what we would want it to be, but we're moving toward the goodness of God. And we know that this world is not our home. That Jesus said in the Gospel of John that I'm going to prepare a place for you. A heavenly home where you are intended to be forever. 
And when we are willing to trust God and let him into our world, he can save us. That He is healing the pain and he's freeing us from those hurts and hangups that we have, those habits and hangups that we all struggle with. If we're willing to let God be the savior of our lives. I, I wanna encourage you with this. I don't, I don't know what you're walking through in your life this Christmas. Some of you are super excited about uh, all the things that are coming. Some of you are just struggling to get through this day. And I wanna encourage you with this to remember that with Jesus, pain is never overshadowed by hope. With Jesus, there's always hope. And our brokenness is never overshadowed by the grace of Jesus. I don't know what you've done or what you're struggling with or what is going on in your world, but that struggle is never overshadowed by the grace and the mercy of Jesus when we come to him. And so we come and we confess and we surrender it and we say, Jesus, would you save me from all of it? These enemies of sin and death in my world. Not because we deserve it or because we've earned it or because we're good enough, but because of what, what Jesus has already done. We celebrate what's already been given, that Jesus has already come into the world. And we've read from the back to the front that we know where Jesus is headed, that he's going to the cross and he's going to the tomb and he'll raise from the dead that we could have the hope of eternal life. So remember what he's already given that he comes to rescue and then Zechariah tells us that we can also praise God. We praise him because he is good. Praise God because he is good. He's a good God. No matter what may be going on around us, God is a wonderful, loving, merciful, good God. Look at what Zechariah says. That God comes to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant the one he swore to our father, Abraham. He's echoing the very same words of Mary that we looked at last week. And that we praise God that he is good. And here's the key. Remember that God remembers. That God has some faithful promises to you and me. And God remembers his promises. So remember that God remembers. Now, what are some of those promises that God gives? Well, God promises that he will always be with us in the good and the bad, uh, the fulfilled expectations and the ones that don't meet what we would hope for. God is with us. God promises to always love us, that there's nothing, nor height, nor depth, nor width. There's nothing in all of creation that can separate us from the love of God. God promises to love us. God promises to offer salvation to us when we trust with our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Jesus comes, uh, to, the promise of God is that God will forgive us through Christ. It doesn't matter what you've done, that God comes to forgive. And God ultimately promises to be working in your life for your good and for his glory. You can bank on that every day. These are the promises of God in our lives. And it would do us well to take our eyes off of the chaos for just a moment and put them on the promises of God and remember that God is good. And then this is where this is all leading us to. Finally and ultimately Zechariah tells us we can praise God because he gives peace. 
God gives us peace in the midst of the storm. Look at what Zechariah says, verse 74, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to do what? To serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And then we jump ahead to verse 78. Because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death. And then read this with me. To guide our feet into the path of peace. God comes to bring peace. In the midst of the chaos and the stress, the expectations and obligations, God is coming to ultimately bring peace. And he tells us that we can worship God without fear. Let me tell you, fear is not of God. But many of us are living under the weight of fear. Let me tell you where that comes from. Is when you put a focus on your circumstances, you will experience fear. Because one of two things are going to happen. Either my circumstances are good, and I'm wondering, well, when is this going to end? Or my, my circumstances are bad, and again, I'm wondering, when is this going to end? And we live under the weight of fear. If you want to be free from that, don't focus on the circumstances. Focus on your God, because when we put our focus on God, there is peace. God brings peace in the midst of all the mess and all the grief all the expectations, all the obligations, and we can be free from that. But it requires a choice of us of what are we going to let into our lives and what are we going to receive on? Because here's what I know of my life. Just a little confession moment. I'll share with you what I walk through is that I'll spend a lot of time dreading what may happen. Anybody can deal with that? Like you feel that a little bit deep in your gut? Like we dread like all the things that might happen to us. All the, we, can, we can dream with the best of them about all the stuff that could go wrong. And we, we worry about a lot of things that will never happen and it robs us of our peace. Or maybe it's not us dreading what may happen, but we're just dealing with what has happened and we're dwelling on the pain. You know, there's a loss or there's something that didn't live up to expectation or didn't happen the way that we wanted it to happen. And we're dwelling in that and we're stuck in it. And we can't get our eyes off of that and put our eyes on Jesus and realize that even in that there is hope and even in that there is resurrection and even in that God is not done and my God is good and my God is for me and my God is one who specializes in the impossible and I can keep having hope and joy even in the midst of this. But what do we do? We dwell in the pain and it robs us of our peace. Here's the reality, is that the peace that I'm talking about is not a kind of peace where we, we pretend that bad things don't happen because bad things do happen. And bad things are gonna happen. And there's gonna be struggle and there's gonna be pain and there's, there's gonna be hard left turns when we didn't know it was coming. And it's so easy to rob us of our peace, but, but what we're talking about is a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's a peace that's bigger than the circumstances around us. It's a peace that knows that ultimately my God is with me. And because my God is with me, I have hope for what he's still doing. 
And I don't have to be strong enough. And I don't have to have it all together. And I don't have to have the perfect Christmas planned out because it's not about all that stuff. It's about walking with Jesus. And understanding that, what does it say? That peace is on the path. A lot of times we think peace is a destination. That like when I get all this stuff figured out and when I get all this behind me, then I can have some peace. That is not the promise that Zechariah lifts up. The promise is that he is bringing peace along the path. That God's going to lead us on the path to peace, not to the destination of peace. And what we need to know is that Jesus is the one who is bringing peace in the midst of it. And what I want to encourage us is for you when you're struggling and you don't know what God is doing, just look back. Look on the journey that God has brought you on. Look at the path because the path is necessary. The path is sometimes necessary that God needs to prepare me for the goodness that he wants to bring. Or sometimes the path is necessary because God needs to prepare the circumstances for the goodness he needs to bring. The path is necessary and the peace is not in the destination, it's in the path. And so we can praise God even while we're on the path. We can praise him and remember the goodness and the power of God. And we don't hold it to ourselves, Because of this greatness and the goodness of God, we have something to share. We have a gift to give. The greatest gift that you can give this Christmas cannot be wrapped up with ribbons and bows. It cannot be ordered on Amazon or eBay. The greatest gift that we can give to somebody is the gift that we have received, that gift of peace. And this is what Zechariah understands. He says, let God's peace lead to my invitation. Let God's peace, that gift that he gives, lead to my invitation. Look at the words that he lifts up. Speaking to his newborn child, John, the one we know as John the Baptist. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. To give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. I believe that what God is calling us to by the power of the Holy Spirit for all of us who have said yes to Jesus. Is that we would go into the lives of the people around us and prepare the way. Prepare the way that they might receive the gift that God comes to save. That Jesus is coming into your world to set you free from sin, to free you from death, to give you the hope for a future with him, that he's going to prepare a place for you for eternity. He's coming to bring you home and we can receive that gift. And what are we doing to prepare the way for somebody in our life? That the gift that God gives me, that peace, let it be an invitation to somebody. Because I'll promise you this, in 2021, invitation is still the most powerful gift you can give to somebody. Nothing greater than that. And so maybe what we need to do is we need to invite somebody to experience blessing this Christmas. I want to bless you with some encouragement, with some words or a gift or my presence. I want you to know that you're not alone, that I care about you and God cares about you because you matter. And I want to bless you and encourage you to keep moving forward. And you can give that invitation. You can give an invitation to to come and experience the truth of my God and worship with me that you can experience his presence. Give that gift of blessing, that invitation of blessing. Maybe for some of us, We need to reach out to a brother or sister in Christ and we need to give an invitation to accountability. 
Not to judge them, but you invite them into your world and say, I need some growth in my life. And I know the only way I'm going to get there is that somebody walks with me. So I want to invite you into my world to see behind the curtain, to see some of the stuff I'm struggling with. Would you pray for me and hold me accountable and encourage me that, that I can grow in Christ and I can live the fullness of all that he has for me? Because it's in accountability that we experience that growth. But ultimately, whether it's an invitation to blessing or an invitation to accountability, ultimately what we're doing, the bottom line, is we're helping people to remember that God remembers, to remember that God is faithful, remember that God is good, remember that God is God and he comes to do what we can't do. That is the whole point of Christmas is that we couldn't figure this thing out. And so Jesus showed up in the neighborhood and he took on flesh and he said, let me take care of this for you. And he gives the gift of life that we couldn't create. And we need to receive that and extend it and invite somebody to come and experience this gift as well. So let me ask you a couple of questions as we, we close out. What's blocking your peace? Is it expectation, obligation, lies that you've bought into? Is it pain? Pain of the past or pain of what you're walking through today? What's blocking your peace? I wanna encourage you to this morning as we close out, surrender that to Jesus. I say, Jesus, I know you come to do what I can't do and I can't deal with this. And I need some peace. That word that Zechariah lifts up, that word peace, it's the word arene. And it does not mean a calming of circumstances. It means to be right and in step with God. God, my circumstances are messed up. It's robbing me of my peace. And I need to know that even if the circumstances don't get cleaned up, that you're with me. And I'm in step with you. Luke's going to mention that 14 times in the Gospel of Luke. It must be important. What's blocking your peace? And then how can we set our eyes on Jesus and move from expectation to celebration? How can we, in the midst of whatever chaos you might be walking through, choose to praise God? I promise you, the greatest healing of your soul, if you're struggling today for whatever reason, is to choose to praise the God of creation, even when you don't feel like it. I'll say, especially when you don't feel like it, to praise Him. And then who can I invite into this? Who can I encourage to, to who needs some peace today? Questions that I encourage all of us to wrestle with. I've certainly been wrestling with it. And so we're gonna open these altars in just a moment, if you'll stand. And our worship team's gonna come up and we're gonna sing one final song. Where do you need some peace? Where do you find yourself on the path? Are you waiting for the destination? What I hope that you'll experience today is that it's not in the destination, but even on the path, Jesus is bringing peace and you'll receive that today. So let me pray for you and pray for me. And then if you wanna come and pray at these altars as we sing, we'd love for you to do that. If you want a pastor to pray with you, just wave us over, we'll do that as well. Let's pray together. God, we love you. Thank you for the gift that Jesus brings. Thank you for your mercy and your kindness. 
God, thank you that whatever's going on around us, we can choose to praise because you haven't changed and you're still good. And pain is never overshadowed by hope and sin is never overshadowed by grace. Help us to fix our eyes on Jesus this Christmas season, the gift that you bring, Lord. In the midst of all the stuff and the self-inflicted wounds, the problems of life, give us peace. Give us your presence, that reality that we're just right in step with you and knowing that you're not done. Come Holy Spirit, encourage us, minister to us right now. Speak words of encouragement and truth over our hearts. Come Holy Father and move in our midst. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.